Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering the Houston Texans every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy, Hickman, you're a Locked On Texans football analyst. Uh, happy to be back with you guys on Friday. Crazy weather out here in Houston, man. Uh, we're supposed to get snow on Monday. I'm excited about that. Like, if we get snow on Monday, I may be eight years old again. But uh, for today, we have to look into the tight ends. We are going to continue with our pre-off, start of off-season breakdowns. And we're going with the tight end group. Got a new uh, tight end coach with Andy Bischoff. Excited about him and what player uh, in this tight end group has the opportunity to really separate themselves and just be a bigger difference. How can this tight end group be a big difference? But first, Watson is not the only quarterback in the NFL that's displeased uh, with their franchise right now. Russell Wilson mentioned that he is displeased with his franchise because he's tired of getting hit so much. And I think as Texas fans, we can kind of understand where he's coming from. The Seattle Seahawks for the last you know, couple of years now have had the worst offensive line units in the league. So we, we kind of flirted and I tweeted a little bit, got a little bit of engagement. The idea of a Watson-Wilson swap that include picks for Houston. First and foremost, how crazy is this offseason is going to be? From Deshaun to Carson Wentz, now you add in Russell Wilson. The list for unhappy quarterback continues to grow. And, you know, the fact that we're sitting here talking about the potential that Russell Wilson may not be a Seattle Seahawk come next season is, is a little bit crazy. So with all that being said, John, as you mentioned it, we all know what's going on here in Houston. And you take a look at what's going on in Seattle. John and listeners, I'm just throwing this idea out there just like John did on Twitter, but I'm going to take it a little bit step further and say I would not be surprised if we start hearing rumblings that the Seattle Seahawks and the Houston Texans are considering flipping their quarterbacks. John, what has been the primary reason behind most of the Texans changes, no matter if it came from releasing or trading a player or firing one of their personnel people? They have titled it culture fit or lack thereof for the organization. Exactly. And regardless how you feel about it, it seems like the Texans are building this so-called new culture based around religion and Christianity. And Russell Wilson is one of the most outspoken Christians that we have in the league today. All you have to do is just stroll down his social media page, especially on Twitter, and you're going to get a sense of how much religion means and how important religion is for this man. And this is no shot at Deshaun Watson because at the end of the day, Watson is just as much of a Christian as Russell Wilson. However, the only negative about Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans is the fact that Watson is fed up with this organization and he is ready to move on. And that's just dealing with management and ownership. On the flip side of things, it kind of makes sense for the Texans on the field as well. The main reason why they don't want to depart from Deshaun Watson is because he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league today. You flip him from Russell Wilson, you go from having the second best quarterback in the league to no worse than the fifth best quarterback in the league. In my opinion, the third best quarterback in the league. Yes, I understand he's 32 years old and Deshaun Watson is a hell of a lot younger with less miles on his body. But at the end of the day, it seems like Russell Wilson gets better with time. He's almost like fine wine. 
And when you take a look at what the Texans can offer, I mean, hell, we just sit up here yesterday and talked about the receiving core, the promise that they are showing, especially if they are able to retain Will Fuller. And Wilson, John, as you mentioned, is fed up with his offensive line. Now, I understand that the Texans have had their fair share of struggles at the offensive line as well, but I'm pretty sure the Texans are in a better position to protect Russell Wilson than Seattle is. They have Laramie Tunsil, a Pro Bowl left tackle. You have a young stud in Titus Howard. And of course, the whole offensive line can't go nowhere but up when you consider the fact that they hired James Campen as their new offensive line coach. So with all that being said, you're looking at a situation where the Texans are still going to have an explosive offense. Of course, the success of this team is going to depend on whether or not they are able to stop the other team for scoring. Of course, you're looking at Wilson for Watson. I'm pretty sure it's going to come at a price where the Seahawks might have to give up a couple of draft picks as well. But if both franchises are in a position where they have to move on from their franchise quarterback, I think this might be the best deal for all parties involved. However, I also need to mention that part of the reason why Russell Wilson is starting to be upset in Seattle is due to the fact that the Seahawks are not really including him in their personnel decision when it comes to the team. It's kind of ironic because that's the same problem that's going on here in Houston between Deshaun Watson and the Texans. So I don't think there is a possibility that Russell Wilson does come to Houston. In fact, the man has a no trade clause and I don't see him waving that to come to the Texans. But at the end of the day, it does make for a fun conversation to have. I, let me say this. I, I think Houston would definitely do a disservice to themselves if they traded uh, Deshaun Watson to Seattle. What you get back at this point in his career age, his contract and everything, what do you get back? You 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 get more back out sending Deshaun somewhere else in Russell Wilson. Well, well, of course. In a deal like this, of course, the Texans are giving up the best player in the deal. So, of course, you could automatically say they're losing. But if this deal were to happen, and we just talking hypothetically, if this deal was to happen, don't look too much in the age because Russell Wilson is only 32. And we just saw a quarterback by the name of Tom Brady who just led his team to the Super Bowl. He's, what, 40, 42 years old? And when you take a look at some of the top quarterbacks in the league, some of them are older quarterbacks. They are extending their careers. You look at Drew Brees in New Orleans. You look at Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Even Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. If this well, were to happen. So, but here, how about this? So the discussion would be, if I'm sending you Russell Wilson and you're sending me Deshaun Watson, of course I'm giving you some picks along with that. It won't be prime picks, but... Not only am it, not only will it not be prime picks, you're gonna also have to send me some good picks back. Like I'm still giving you an all pro, a Pro Bowl, a quarterback, and Russ Wilson. So any other team that they send Deshaun to, they'd worry about just getting so much back. With Russ, you gotta give some, take some, give some, take some. And Houston is not in a position to give and take. If that makes sense. Like, Seattle will ask for some good that. picks back. In Seattle will definitely, in the future, we want some good picks back if we send you Russ Wilson, even for Deshaun Watson. But, John, we, we when we did our quarterback position breakdown, we talked about the possibility of A.J. McCarron being the starter of week one. Like, who would you rather for the Texans starter, Russell Wilson or A.J. McCarron, if there is a possibility where they cannot salvage their relationship? And once again, you're looking at two franchises who might be in a position where the player might force their hand to move them. I understand there are better deals on the table, but it don't seem like the Texans are going to move Deshaun Watson before the draft 
or before free agency, which means that you're going to miss out on valuable draft picks for this upcoming draft. If, you, if you're not doing a deal before the draft, then don't do the deal at all. But I, I don't think Houston and, and Seattle flopping, uh, flipping quarterbacks is the best decision. That's, that's, that's just in my opinion. But let's continue with our position breakdowns. Today we look at the tight end group. I think this is an area of this offense that definitely needed uh, new guidance. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50 or even 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost $353. 99 at advance, a big chain store, but it only costs 21679 at rockauto.com. Chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. February is Black History Month and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than The Game. Don't miss this week's episode featuring Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On's Women's Basketball discussing the opportunities and challenges that come along with being a black woman in sports. There's a new episode coming next week, so go ahead and subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. I also forgot to mention when we kicked off the show that Jack Easterby has found a replacement for his original job that we all thought he would just be here to do. And that is a character coach. They hired Dylan Thompson, who's a former Lions character coach. And I'd have to believe that he's here because he is going to presumably be a friend and ally, a buddy of Jack Easterby's and which essentially make him a buddy to Cal McNair. So you know, let's keep an eye out on that, but that role has officially been filled. However, enough of that talk. We are here to discuss tight ends for today. You know what I like about the idea, uh, not the idea anymore, but the fact that Andy Bischoff is now the Texas tight end coach. The Ravens were ranked fourth in the league in run block win rates, and the Ravens were ranked eighth in the league in pass blocks win rate. In 2019, Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle, Hayden Hurst, they all combined for 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns. A trio of tight ends impacted the best offense in the league that year. And I think Houston 
had the best passing offense in the league this year. But let's face it, there's been issues with getting our running backs to the second level. I think with Andy Bischoff, a guy who coached Nick Boyle, who's an excellent blocking tight end, Coach Mark Andrews, who's a great blocking and receiving tight end, and Hayden Hurst last year, who's good at you know being more of the speedier open space tight end, I think he already has the, the qualifications to help this group here in town. I'm looking at Akins, I'm looking at Warren, I'm looking at Brown to replicate that production, which will be huge for this offense. The Ravens were a league-high offense in 2019 with a league-high 42.7% of their formation featuring a two-tight end set. And they were always used intricately in the run and the pass game. And I'm looking for this group to get better at blocking. So with Andy Bischoff, I'm looking for them to make the QB's job easier as a group by helping contribute to the run game and being more explosive in the pass game. I think, you know, well, last year they combined for 913 yards and seven touchdowns between Fells, Aikens, Brown, and Warren. I'm looking for those numbers to increase to over 1,000. The only problem with that is Brown is a restricted free agent right now heading into the offseason, but I think Houston does get him resigned. But I'm looking for that trio to be much better coming into uh, this next season. In my opinion, I believe that the tight end position might be their most promising position of all. And whoever is the starting tight end come week one, I would not have a problem with it. Jordan Akins, I would like to say that he is more so of the future of this organization over Kaheli Waring. And I know a lot of people like what they saw out of Waring in his last five games of the season. I mean, you're talking about a guy who recorded 35 yards on seven catches on a limited amount of playing time. And I actually like what I saw as well. However, when you go back and you take a look at those first four games of the season, Jordan Akins was on pace for a very good career season. He recorded 14 catches for 167 yards. And if it wasn't for that concussion and ankle injury that he sustained in the loss against the Minnesota Vikings, you're looking at a situation where Akins might have been one of the most reliable tight ends in the league for 2020. There was a lot of upsides and a lot of promise for Akins to grow. And that is a big difference from what we were two years ago when Darren Fells held the starting position. With that being said, I kind of believe that he's going to be the odd man left out because you look at the improvements that Jordan Akins has made, Kelly Warren, and of course, Pharaoh Brown. And John, I will 100% agree with you. I do believe that is going to be one of the Texans' top priority to make sure that they retain his services. But when you take a look at all three guys, I don't see a situation where Darren Fells is going to be able to continue to see the field like he has over the last two years. And remember, 2020, the only reason why he saw the field as much as he did was due to the injury of Jordan Akins. And John, I do want to mention when it comes to run blocking, Farrell Brown led the Texans tight end core in that category. PPF gave him a grade of 78.1 in run blocking. And this is important because David Johnson mentioned that the Texans run blocking was part of the reason why he struggled during the first half of the season. And he said this statement right before the Texans left for their bye. After the bye, Brown started to receive more snaps and Johnson production in the run game started to increase. Remember, this is what I'm most excited about with Andy Bischoff coming. Houston had a very difficult time with winning at the second level in the run game last year. They had issues with getting wins on the interior between the guards and the guard, and they were never able to capitalize at the second level at any point, whether it was an outside zone or inside zone. Like They never had that opportunity consistently. That's why I'm really excited about Andy Bischoff's presence here in Houston now. 
I believe he will be able to get his tight ends in position to win at the first level, the second level, and then be effective in the pass game. I'm looking at this from a run first, pass second. And I think if you allow your quarterback, whoever it may be, and we're hoping it's Deshaun, allow them to let that run game open up the offense. And then everybody can eat me. Hey, really quick, I definitely want to let you guys in on a little secret. You can make you some extra money right now with Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet. And it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Promo code locked on. Betting on Houston teams does not have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Best Podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. But when we want to look at the tight end position, we also got to understand that Darren Fells made some money too. Last year, ended the season with seven touchdowns, was a big red zone threat for Houston and signed a two-year extension worth $6.8 million. Akins is also under contract for this year and locked in. I mentioned before, I have a feeling I could be wrong, but a feeling that Brown comes back. And I, I don't like the Fells contract that was signed last offseason because of his age. He is due $2.8 million this year, but I think they're going to have to eat that. I think the duel for the number one spot on the depth chart is running between Brown, if everything works out, and he's retained with the team in Aikens. Uh, Aikens has moments where he can be huge for this team in offense. Games like New England this past season with five catches, 83 yards, a 2019 Chargers game where he has 73 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but Aikens' problem has been he doesn't string together strong games consistently. Uh, as the rest of the group, I mean, he's not isolated from this problem. Um, but I'm expecting a lot more from Aikens because I believe he can be more effective for this team. He's very effective with Deshaun Watson in that RPO game. He's very effective with, you know, being there for possession catches or clutch catches when the offense may need to move. But that's only at times apart from one another. And I have big expectations for him on this offense. So that, that may be why I sound like I'm harping on him a little bit too much. But if we're talking about David Cully putting together a great staff, and the staff that he's bringing in, we are expecting them to get the players that are already on the on this roster right now, get them to another level of their game in the NFL. Then I believe Bischoff will do the same thing that he did with Baltimore, with Rand, with Andrews, Ball, and Hurst. Uh, specifically with Andrews, I think he can do that with a that type of unit can be replicated here in Houston. Of course, it does depend on the quarterback that they have here at the time. I think it may be Deshaun if they stick close to their word, but this tight end group can be very good for this team. And in addition to Aikens, I am a little bit excited, a little bit more excited to see what could 
Kaheli Waring do in this upcoming season? Because once again, this is a guy who has showed a little bit of promise last season because he finally had the opportunity to go out there and showcase what he can do. You pair him with a guy in Bischoff who has a really good track record in producing some really good talent at the tight end position. I think we could finally see what led the Texans to drafting this guy in the third round during the 2019 draft. We're going into the offseason with three tight ends under the under contract with the team and possibly with Brown reuniting. I'm expecting, because remember, I mentioned how the league high in 2019 for two tight end sets also featured a fullback. And that is the role I'm expecting of wearing with this team. He's going to have to become a dirtier player, not dirty as in on the field with players, but he's going to have to become much a much meaner player to be utilized in this offense. Uh, he's going to have to get dirtier in those trenches a lot more. Uh, but Houston is in a position to have talent, and they're able to take that talent, if used right, can do some different things for this offense. Texans also signed ex-Patriot tight end Paul Quisenberry. Paul Quisenberry, brother, also played for Houston a couple of years back. I don't think he's going to be uh, a part of this team long term. This was a move to me that was just, uh, you know, I wasn't scratching my head because I was disappointed. I just didn't think he was needed. <laughs> but he will also be competing technically for a spot on this roster at the tight end position. I'm John, some sports guy, Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Pick up your phone. Subscribe to the Locked On Texans podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms. Leave us a review as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.